With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. To Finch, jumps out, smashes the ball over midwicket for six. What a way to counter the threat, Aaron Finch, and let that be a sign of things to come. Been an amazing career, hard to know which highlight to pick, to be honest, and I've read the stats out before the break. It's been an amazingly entertaining career to watch as well, but Aaron Finch has been, it's always been good to me coming on the show, so I always have loved him, uh, and he joins me again for a chat. Thanks again for coming on, Aaron, and congratulations on a brilliant career. Thanks very much, Dwayne. Thanks for having me, mate. Although it's not quite over, I understand you're still going to play some domestic cricket. There's plenty of text coming through before we talk about your international career coming to a close as to what is Finchie doing next? Well, I we're just losing you for a second there, Aaron. So uh, if you could sort of uh, jump into an area that uh, is a little bit more... Uh, available for yeah. the internet. We'll try and get you back on. Sorry, I lost you there for a sec. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back, mate. Uh, I'll play a little bit of T20 around the place and I've committed to the Melbourne Renegades again for at least one more season. So really excited about that. And when we throw in some commentary as well, that'll be um, that'll be nice. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic to hear you on the commentary, even though you were captaining and commentating at the same time, which was even better for us all. In fact, there's a text here. I was talking about the Geelong Renegades. Hi, Pipe. Uh, we definitely need to bring some tribalism into the big bash, relocating the Renegades to Geelong and renaming them Ge- the Geelong Renegades would be a great start. Do you want to weigh into that idea? Well, it'd make life easy for me. It'd just be five minutes down the road to Kidinia Park to GMHBA Stadium there. So that'd make life a bit easier. Uh, but uh, we've always had amazing support when we've come down to Geelong and, and we're very thankful for it. Um, I hope that we can play some more games down here in the future, but uh, we'll wait and see. Yeah, has it ever been speculated on moving or has it ever been speculated on that Geelong needs a BBL franchise? Oh, there was a lot of talk about it a couple of years ago and I think the Melbourne Renegades signed a deal uh, with Marvel Stadium to commit to playing, I think, at least for the next five or six years. So I think both both have merit. We've, we've built up a really strong fan base at a Marvel Stadium, which we love, and, and equally... When you get the Western District involved, there's, there's so many supporters and, and passionate cricket fans down here that makes it awesome as well. So back to you, your decision to retire. What went through your mind when you came to this call? Well, first off, it was all about can I make the 2024 World Cup, which uh, over the last month or so, it's been pretty clear that I don't think that I can get that far. So I wanted to make sure I gave the team and, and the new leader enough space and time to be able to sort of take the team in their own direction and see well, into a direction that they, they think that they can take it over the next 18 months to be able to give that World Cup a real crack. I, I, if I kept playing any longer, uh, I think that by not making that World Cup, I would have been doing the job and, and the country a disservice in that regard. So there is a while before we play another T20. I don't think it's until August or September. So there is a lot of time to decide who will be the new leader. 
of Australian cricket at T20 form, although there is a chance that Pat Cummins could captain all three. I know you mentioned it at the press conference, but do you want to give us a couple of names as to who you think might be contenders? And can you captain all three? Oh, you could captain all three, but I, I don't think that that would be a possibility for Pat, especially being a fast bowler. What he does in test cricket and one-day cricket is, is phenomenal, and I think that workload would just be too big. Um, and, I, and I think it's starting to move that way a little bit in other countries as well, where they're splitting the roles a little bit more. So um, there's, there's plenty of candidates to be able to do it. I think anyone in that playing 11 at the moment could comfortably stand up with the way that the team's situated at the moment, I think, between Pat and Andrew McDonald, the, the team's a fantastic place at the moment. Um, guys from the outside, Ashton Turner, Travis Head, uh, Glenn Maxwell, and, and all of them guys could potentially take the role and, and make it their own. And what would be the timeline on it, do you think? I know that you're not playing until August, but you probably need to establish the captain well and truly before then. Oh, I don't think that they need to rush into that. There's, there's such a huge test summer or test series coming up in India and then a World Test Championship followed by the Ashes. So I think that that will take a lot of the focus and energy of, of the backroom staff and the leadership staff. So I think there will be an opportunity to probably work behind the scenes a little bit to identify who they want that to be and make start to make some, some short-term plans on, on what that looks like. But there's certainly no rush. Like you said, I think August is the next T20 against South Africa and, and that's plenty of time. There's this theory that it'd be nice to go out at the absolute top of your game, but there's another bigger theory that holds more true, and that is you're better off as a sports person to try and get every ounce of juice out of yourself. Is that the way you see your career has been? You, you have given it everything you've got to the point that you did have a 12 months where you weathered the speculation storm and got through it as well pretty well? Oh, I, was, I was always confident in my own ability to be able to get through that it's happened before in my career and um, that's not something that I don't read the media or anything I might read it a bit more now that it, it won't be negative towards me so uh, <laughs> I think it's um, I, I'm really comfortable with the decision that I've made I, I felt as though it was still the right decision to play through that World Cup and although we didn't make the semis we, we played probably 10 bad overs of cricket in the tournament and, and that cost us so but that's the way it goes and, and yeah I, I can't complain with how it's all gone So You've not only been brilliant in your numbers I read out before the break, but uh, to be able to captain the way you did as a leader but also be an entertainer, it has been a fine line as we've watched the T20 in one-day evolution. Yeah, the way that the game's gone over the last 10 years has been remarkable, and I think T20 cricket is is certainly leading the way in that. And I, I think as a player, you've got the responsibility to continue to bring the fans on the journey with you. And, and however... You have to do that. Um, it doesn't bother me wearing the mic. And at times you look like a bit of a fool because you, you say one thing and then do another. But it's, it's a part of the game to bring new fans to the game and um, try and try and give people who are sitting at home watching the insight into what, what you're thinking and how you get to decisions. It's not always um, the most obvious decision that you get to. So if you can take people on the journey of, of how you make them decisions, I think it can give people a really good understanding of what it takes to captain out in the middle under a lot of pressure. So two obvious questions. What's your highlight? Is it captaining the 2021 World Cup win? And is could you have played, should you have played more Test cricket? Oh, the World Cup is by far and away my 
favourite moment and, and my biggest achievement, I think, in, in the game, along with the 2015 World Cup that we won at the MCG in front of 88,000, I think it was. So um, they're, they're really special moments and something that I don't take lightly and, and I probably haven't reflected on a huge amount of my career at this stage. So it, it's that'll be, that'll be something for the next few months and a few years and sit around. As you get older, as you know, Dwayne, you you tell sporties and you get better as you get older. So I'm looking forward to doing that over here and um, and I, I suppose try and entertain people along the way. And Test Cricket, there was a bit of a trade-off for you because you did become so brilliant in one form and in some ways, was it detrimental to you in other ways? Oh, no, I don't think so. I think the gap between um, the very best Test Cricketers and and average players is, is so great. I mean, we see Steve Smith by far and away the best test player over the last sort of 40 or 50 years, I think, as a batsman, I'm talking purely. Um, he's, he's been remarkable. And the, and the gap between him as a benchmark and um, myself, for example, was, was huge. And I don't think that I traded anything off. I, I was really proud that I was able to get in there and give it a go. And um, it didn't go as well as I would have liked, but that's, that's reality in this life. And as the captain of our white ball team for such a long time, you've led the um, the explosion of our love of white ball cricket. How's the balance in your eyes? Because you were so fantastic at the white ball game and you needed it to grow and you helped it grow. And yet a lot of people are saying the balance is wrong. We're focusing too much on T20. But so many families love it more than test cricket in a way. Yeah, well, for me personally, test cricket's still the ultimate. I love watching it and, and I can't wait for this. Indian series to start, it'll be unbelievable, I think. And uh, you're exactly right. The white ball game has exploded, particularly T20. But I think you've just got to look at the amount of fans that that's brought through the gate, new fans to the game, families um, that's short and sharp to, to to be able to get kids entertainment for for forty or fifty bucks is pretty rare these days. So um, I think I think everyone involved in in cricket all around the world, not just in Australia, has done a great job at um, promoting T20 cricket and, and making it a real force. And can you, well, you've proven you can, you can win and captain and lead and be a nice guy. There seemed to be this, has there been an evolution in the Australian leadership style? There did seem a while back to be this kind of pit bull kind of attack mentality that's eroded away nicely. I think you know, there's, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. I think just you've just got to be yourself. And, and some people play the game really aggressively. Some people play it with a smile on their face. And neither is right or wrong. Or um, It's just about what works for the individual. And, and I've always just loved playing. Uh, I play with a smile on my face. I, try and, I play hard. but And every now and then you have to push the line a little bit. But uh, I'm proud of the way that I've played the game. And... Um, yeah, there's a balancing act, and it, and it can be hard at times because depending on what depends on what stage your team's at as well. Depending how you probably need to lead once you've got an experienced group, you can take a step back and um, almost lead a little bit more from the outside. Or when you've got a young group, you've, you've got to be in there and probably talk a little bit more. And um, that, that's where the balancing act comes into it. And there's a text here saying, "Was it Colac Imperials you were from? Which particular Colac team were you from?" Colac Imperials was my footy team. Uh, right. Colac West was my junior cricket club, um, which played a huge part in my in my life, I guess, up until I moved to Geelong uh, or moved to play for Geelong. But, yeah, I mean, that my whole 
upbringing was, was brilliant down in the Western District there. Oh, it's great to have you, Aaron, on the program. I really appreciate how kind you've been to me and thanks for being so expansive today. Congratulations again on a brilliant career as not just a cricketer but a leader and an entertainer. Uh, and good luck. I'll see you in the commentary box somewhere. I hope so, Dwayne. Look forward to it, mate. Aaron Finch joining us, retiring Australian T20 captain. Got a couple of minutes to take a few of your calls if you want to jump on the line. one 736 We'll stink a few of your calls in before we hand over to Andy and Gazy. one 736 That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia.